We're living in a time where lifestyle conditions and chronic disease, such as diabetes and obesity and heart problems, they're putting a huge strain on the healthcare system and making it really difficult for a lot of people suffering around the world. There's this great opportunity and responsibility for technologies like remote patient monitoring to help give better visibility, greater insights and outcomes for both patients and hospitals. Well, with me today on the show is Vidya Nalamad from NetHealth, who are helping integrate clinical information for a comprehensive view of patients' health. In this episode, I speak to Vidya about what's happened with NetHealth since the last time we spoke on the podcast. We hear some humble reflections from Vidya about the challenges of being a health tech startup and a female founder, and also the opportunities to solve real-world problems for many patients, not just here, but across the world. Collaboration starts with a conversation, Tim Health Tech. Let's make it happen. This is Talking Health Tech with me, Peter Birch, featuring content and community about technology in healthcare. Between now and the end of June, we're conducting the 2024 Talking Health Tech audience survey. This helps us prioritize content, hone in key messages, and refine the show to make it even better. We also want to understand who the biggest cohorts of our audience are. So I'd love for you to take five or 10 minutes to have your say and complete the survey. Everyone who completes it goes in the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of THT Plus membership credits to put towards a membership for yourself as an individual or to help get the word out about your company. The link to complete the survey is in the show notes of this episode or just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey. Hey, Vidya, how are you going? Good, thanks, Vida. How are you? Good. It's been a while since we've had you on the podcast. You, you appeared in an episode probably about 12 months ago as part of the, no, even maybe six months ago with the Australian Healthcare Week last year. And we released an episode a while after that event happened. But you did do an episode a few years ago, I think, where we kind of did a bit more of a deep dive into to NetHealth and the work you're doing and, and all of that. But it's been a while between conversations. How you been? Oh, good. Actually, great. I should say, lots, lots of things have happened since the last time we spoke. I think it's uh, it's been a year or, oh yeah, more than that, I suppose. Yeah, NetHealth has got much more traction in the market. Uh, lots of hospitals who have taken up the platform and we have kind of uh, nailed or channeled to which market we want to cater. So um, lots of things happening at our end and excited to be talking about it today. Well, look, they're good problems to solve in terms of finding the area that you're operating in, the ideal customers and getting that traction. But for like, obviously people can go back and learn and do a bit of a deep dive into NetHealth. But for those that are listening right now that may not be totally familiar, talk to me about NetHealth, what it is and the uh, space that you're operating in. Absolutely. Yeah. So NetHealth is online remote patient monitoring software, primarily providing uh, patient care for people with lifestyle conditions. I say that as lifestyle because we are operating in now people with diabetes, heart problem, obesity. Those are the kind of problems through our remote patient monitoring software platform. We are able to help them get back to their life, lead the life that the quality, improve their quality of life. That's, that's our main focus. 
yeah, as much as we want to conquer the world, but we got to start from somewhere, right? So we started with um, diabetes and focused further into pregnant women with diabetes. That's, that's have been our focus. And we wanted to give back to the community wherein, you know, an unborn child has to have a healthy start, both for the unborn child and for the mother. So that's where we have been. And uh, NetHealth is a software platform which is TGA approved and being currently used in more than 25 hospitals across Australia. And we have that wing of giving back to the community. So we have a hospital in Kenya where this is being used. And that's so fulfilling to go to those uh, remote places and provide the software to the woman there. I didn't know that one. I didn't know the Kenya thing. That's really cool. It's, it's been amazing and lots of learnings from that whole project uh, that you're still doing, but till date. That's really interesting for so many reasons. Obviously, first and foremost, the, the fact that the platform can be you know repurposed out to benefit people in areas that have all new sorts of challenges and arguably much more so than us here in Australia in terms of healthcare chronic and chronic disease management in particular. But also, I guess if you, if you really get that right, that then's a demonstration of scaling the platform out broadly too. And, and if you can, while in that process, help a lot more people, I mean, everyone wins. Absolutely. And this shows that software doesn't need to be bound by, you know, geographical location. If it's done right, it can go across uh, so many people. And in Kenya, what we really found was the receptive uh, attitude and the ability for women and families to accept and adopt this change. And they're so mindful. They know that they need something like this for their child. If you tell, oh, you'll be fine, that doesn't cut the taste. But if you say you're baby is going to be healthy. It's it's kind of a new dimension it provides. It was kind of interesting to get lots of insights into it. We, we just think that developing or underdeveloped countries may not have access, but they have access to lots of technology and they are much more technically savvy than we think that they are. <laughs> that's really interesting. That's, that's, that's a fascinating space. Just to, to go back one too, because you mentioned, you know, it sounds like customers primarily are the hospitals, like the software is being installed in, at a hospital setting, but it sounds like you're very focused on patient outcomes. So it's, and it's, so it's not a patient facing application. It's something used within hospitals to, to enable those patient outcomes. Is that right? Yeah. So we have both. So we have a patient facing mobile app that the patients use on their current mobile applications. And also we have the clinic facing. So we have the clinician portal that they can log in and we have done the integration so that data goes into your existing hospital system. We know how much um, clinicians hate to have multiple software. So we have integrated with their health hospital management system so that they have just one entity. So we have done both ways. And our main focus, as you rightly pointed out here, is patient outcome, as well as um, health economics for the hospital health service, as in how much time can we help clinicians save, we are not compromising on the patient care. That's the main focus. We are not compromising, but if there's a way that we can help clinicians get back some time so that the actual, the risk patients get some more extra benefit out of their clinician time, that's where we are, want to make this as a whole experience for both hospital and the patients. The Talking Health Tech podcast has evolved a lot over the years all based on audience feedback. Now I need your help. Yes, you. 
to shape the future of this show. Between now and the end of June, we're running our biggest campaign to date in order to understand what makes the global healthcare ecosystem tick. Last time we ran our Talking Health Tech audience survey, we learnt 40% of our audience are clinicians, 77% of our audience tune in for professional development and market awareness, 8% of people listen to Talking Health Tech for competitor profiling, and only 2% of people listen to the podcast to fall asleep. And this time around, I can't wait to find out about your preferences for audio versus video content, which topics we should dive into more, preferences for hosts and formats and geographical reach and so much more. And don't worry, we'll be sharing all the insights once all the responses are collected as well. So if you're a supporter of Talking Health Tech and you can spare five or 10 minutes, please complete our 2024 audience survey. And to say thanks for your input, everyone who completes the survey goes into the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of credits towards THT Plus membership. Go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey or the links in the show notes of this episode as well. Yeah. Like we said, it's been a while since we last spoke on the podcast and, and you've been been doing this for quite a while. And we'll talk about being a startup in, in Australia in a second and that whole journey. But you must have now at least uh, some some good reference sites or a demonstration or some data to show that this thing is, is actually effective. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We have published peer-reviewed research papers that's available and we've shown at least this was three years back, but if we extrapolate the inflation and things like that, we are saving on an average almost about 45 to 15 minutes of clinician time per patient. That's that's a lot of time that can be saved. And this is per patient. And this is not to say we are compromising on any patient care, giving the best quality care, but yet we are saving clinicians time as well as close to about 30 to 45 minutes of patient time, you know, the whole journey they need to take, make it to hospital, to that particular appointment time, all those. And they love it, the fact that they are accessing the clinician. So those are some of the health economics we were able to deduce. But yeah, in lots of research coming yeah, there's there's always always new ones, but, but the, that's really interesting. You know, nearly an hour's worth of of time back per patient for for a clinician, and you know, a patient obviously doesn't sit down an hour at a time with a clinician. So, is this part of the the problem that you're solving? The fact that for 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 a patient with a chronic illness or some kind of need that requires multiple providers or disciplines and, and visits. I imagine there's a lot of inefficiencies in that whole back and forth that utilizing your platform would would start to uh, claw back some of that time. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, because having that multidisciplinary clinician type care into one particular patient has actually uh, resolved a lot of issues. One of them is, again, I'd go back to diabetes management. You need the dietitian, educators, endocrinologists, quite a few people involved in providing that care. And even if we have the same source of information, that makes so much easier for the clinicians to start from where they saw, stopped previously. You know, if dietitian has provided some advice, the endocrinologist or the specialist can see what they have and take it forward from there rather than, hey, let's start, where did we start three months ago? You know, you're not wasting time with that kind of catch-up conversation is what I say. So I think that's been the benefit out of using the platform, having a single source of truth or information. I imagine that single source of truth too would, would come in handy for other stakeholders involved in that patient journey, particularly 
I imagine, well, for anyone with it, with a chronic illness, often carers are just as important in the journey and sometimes need more information than what the actual patient does, because depending on the demographic of the, the patient. So I imagine you've kind of worked that into your platform too. Absolutely. Yeah. It, the carers could be anyone from their family or even a person or a patient's family could be living, say, 7,000 kilometers away, like how it happened to me. So they are able to still see what's happening with their family or whoever they're providing the care to and catch up on their health. So that's being taken care of, that empathy, the emotion side, the family, the carer, and the clinical side. So we have this entire entity working with the patient. And, you know, being a, a startup, something that you've built up out of your own personal experience and then get to this point, which... I'm going to hazard a guess and say that wasn't entirely where you expected it would end up from from <laughs> that point until now. But what's that journey like been up until this point, at least, uh, in terms of being a, a startup in the health tech ecosystem in Australia? Oh, that's, that's a really good aspect I'd love to talk about. It's been a really fulfilling and still learning uh, this whole journey as we go one step at a time. But but scaling or starting in Australia has been amazing the whole ecosystem, the mentors, all those people who have supported, they have been really amazing. But one aspect for any health tech startup business is patience. We need to have patience and we need to be in for a very long run for this. We patience with a CA, not patience with a TS. Is that what you mean? That's yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, right? yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, with the CE there. Because um, in, in um, health tech industry, there is that confidence and the brand presence, which makes it very essential for, I don't know, even for hospitals to adopt. So it, it's very hard for a hospital to embrace a new technology from a, a startup company, for example. Not many hospitals are open to working with startups. They have their own mindset of you know, uh, regulatory compliance, all those. But if we can show as a startup, we tick all those boxes. Definitely there is, but there's always a big fight that you need to have with these big established brands that you need to make a mark. Uh, we need to show as startups or scale-up companies always that we are in for change. We can make those change, adapt, customize according to their requirements as opposed to the big brands. There are many benefits of working with a startup compared to a less nimble organization. And it's something that I think procurement teams within healthcare setting, I would hope are starting to broaden out that thinking and, and not being complacent in the thinking of, well, if it's a big company, it must be fine. And that's the safe option here. However, with the, the, the big complex system comes usually a lack of direct customizability or really speaking to the problem to be solved. No matter how big the, the organization is, in the end, if it's not aligned with the values of the, the company that it's serving, you know, directly or doesn't really get it. Uh, and That's also right. I see, I see it so many times that startups sometimes can get it much more than the very big organizations. Cause there's that human kind of touch. Element. Yeah. The, there is that uh, human side of things. And I completely agree. Yeah. The aspect of uh, not being nimble uh, by the corporates of bigger entities I think that's what sets a scaling company apart. They, we are much more there for them and provide what they need to work in a way that they need to work. 
And that's what hospitals or any health service need to understand and encourage, I suppose. Not all of them, but there are um, most of the hospitals because we have we have expanded into more than 25 now. So uh, there are lots of them, uh, lots of hospitals who are open to working with uh, scaling as long as you tick those usual boxes. But uh, yeah, I think that's the message you rightly pointed out, Peter. Well, and on that too, about ticking the boxes, you know, you mentioned about concerns around regulatory and all this kind of stuff. Maybe 10 years ago, five years ago, there weren't many startups in inverted commas that would have the capability to, you know, meet the minimum regulatory requirements. These days, more so, it's a totally separate conversation about, you know, the ongoing challenges for startups and changes with regulation, but let's not totally derail no. this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely understand where you're going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In a, from, a, from a software vendor at heart, I, I feel that on a day-to-day. But it's something that there, there is, uh, the, the message I get, the take-home message for that for procurement teams is that, they're and, and I feel like they know it more and more now, is that the startup ecosystem is is thriving and will continue to thrive in the health space, but needs more of that confidence and backing to to really help it get to the next level. And it'd be great to, get, to have more business from in Australia too. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, uh, you've hit the nail on the head. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, that would be nice to have more um, acceptability for software companies and uh, startups, especially in the health tech space. And so for NetHealth, what you're focusing on this year, continuing to service those hospitals that are already in the camp and no doubt looking to expand further, is that the priority this year? Yeah, and uh, we are looking at overseas market as well, uh, Pete. So as um, I've mentioned before, Kenya, yes, uh, absolutely. But uh, we are looking at our uh, sister country, New Zealand, and uh, a few other um, overseas uh, countries uh, where we can expand and provide the service, primarily focusing on the pregnant women, but nonetheless um, expanding in the diabetes area. On that point too about, you know, I guess say niching down into the the pregnancy or diabetes or, or pregnancy and diabetes yeah. together, <laughs> that itself in a strategy is is arguably quite sound. And then looking to scale that out globally, as opposed to trying to then broaden out into other dis. Not the same. That's that's a wrong strategy. It's just a. I imagine you spend a lot of time thinking about the the two different angles that you could go down. And and arguably you could you could do both, but as a startup, you, sometimes you can only have so one much, do yeah. so much. So how do you think about like put me in the in the mind of like going down one path or the other? You know, in terms of that decision to really stick with the pregnancy and diabetes, why, why is that important? Yeah, because um, as I said, our values are uh, giving back to the community, a healthy community. So we want to start from that early journey of pregnancy. And the fact that uh, anything to uh, related with the unborn child, you have that buy-in from the family, from the end user. Yes, I think I need to get myself healthy. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, the older cohort are not very receptive. They want to stay healthy, but the adaptability from these uh, ladies, the family is much more crucial. So we find there is a market, we have that business model working. I think it makes sense to make our mark in this particular area. Then we'll see how we can conquer the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
But you, I think you hit the nail on the head right at the start there in terms of alignment with values, because in the end, you know, that's that's what you say when when there's a challenging decision to make where either seem like both the right or the wrong answer. So what do you decide in the end, if you can tie the decision back to the values of the organization, the problems that you're trying to solve in the first place, even in the the bigger picture? You know, and and you've and you identified that, and then identified the cohort of people who are most like most receptive to that, and then you can broaden out from there. So that gives you that that flexibility to be able to broaden out as as the um, resources are there. But no doubt there'll be plenty of others within the uh, within the THT Plus community and and, a, and our broader audience will be keen to chat with you more about your experiences, Vidya. So we'll put your details in the show notes of the episode, and no doubt we'll connect again on whether it's another summit this year or or again on the podcast soon. I really appreciate you making the time and good luck with it. Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity and uh, we'll talk to you soon then. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end of this episode. If you made it this far, you're the perfect person that I want to hear from. Our THT Plus audience survey is now open until the end of June and I personally read every submission. In fact, if you leave a comment in the survey that you heard this promotion in a podcast episode, I promise I'll reply directly to you by email with a personal note of thanks, and I'll even buy your coffee next time I see you in person. It's pretty easy. Just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey and have your say. For more content and community about technology and healthcare, visit talkinghealthtech.com.